Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Lepondra looking to get side of Vaughn. Lepondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to another Elm Park Royals preview podcast. Uh, we're joined, as always, by Jonathan Lowe. How are you, Jonathan? Hello. Yes, good. Thank you, Matt. All, all good. And uh, you, the, the world of Reading has not been particularly bright this week, has it? No, it hasn't. No, um, I don't think many ex- people expected to get a, a result at Mill and... Um, you know, uh, the figures was, was probably what, what, what most people uh, anticipated, but um, it was a bit of a similar story to to um, Bournemouth on Saturday, really, wasn't it? It was a, a good first half, didn't take chances, things changed up in the second half, players tire, uh, opposition get the goals, and uh, that's it. Uh, not really any chance of, of a comeback. So, sadly, it's another defeat, four defeats in a row now, and um, I guess the international break can't come quick enough. Yeah, and particularly when Paunovic is also, you know, out with COVID. Um, he obviously missed the game at Millwall. Um, I thought they might have shelved the the change of formation because of that, but no, they went ahead with that new five-three-two uh, um, shape. Um, I'm I'm fascinated to know uh, how this kind of squad responded to having to effectively sit in a Zoom meeting at halftime with him. Him giving the team talk that must have been an interesting experience. Uh, not the first one he's done, I don't think, because obviously he had to isolate in the first game that uh, when he came over here. Uh, I think he did something similar. Um, he obviously will not be back for Birmingham, um, and I believe that Yeardon won't be either if he's isolating with COVID. Is that right? Uh, yes, I mean, I assume so. I think the um, period of isolation I think is about ten days now. I can't quite keep up, but. Uh, it'll certainly be at least a week. So, yes, I'm not expecting him to be involved on Saturday. And uh, that means that uh, Marco Mitrovic has another go in the dugout. Um, it's, it's kind of hard to know how, how much is his input and how much is Panovic's. But, the the it, you know, the the decisions on the sidelines against Millwall doesn't really feel like it, it was the issue. It was the same issue that we've had the last few weeks now with 
uh, body's tiring, is it? Yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's fair enough. Um, I didn't see um, Quinton Fortune or, or Nuno Gomez on the bench either, so I, I assume they possibly might be isolating as well. Uh, so you had Mehmet Ali, the under-23s coach, um, and uh, you also had someone who I can't remember off my head. Well, no, Michael Morrison, that was it. Um, <laughs> with his knee brace on, uh, he was sort of directing proceedings from, from the touchline as well. So uh, a few fresh faces in the dugout. And uh, yeah, like you say, it wasn't really down to them. It, it was just a same old story of uh, fatigue kicking in and, um, you know, a strong, uh, intense first half, energetic first half showing. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't. You know, score when they were on top and ultimately they um uh, lost it to, to Benicophobi's goal which uh you know George Puskas is actually crying out for that chance um to be fair to Alashkoff who came in at uh, right wing back he, he did well and I thought he put in some a couple of really nice crosses um and uh, nearly got on the end of one of them um but he's just crying out for that chance just an absolute tap in from four or five yards out uh, with, with you know, no one to beat. It's a, the goal is there to be scored in. And I think even him right now, he, he would score in it. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's, uh, it's just the way things are going at the moment. Um, things aren't, aren't falling for Reading uh, in a lot of senses. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be another, another tough game on, on Saturday at Birmingham City. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see if, if they can, uh, you know, if they can produce the... the First half from the from the past couple of games, and they can get that all elusive uh, goal. Then, then perhaps they they might pick up a result. Yeah, I mean, as with almost every Reading game uh, recently, it feels like, as you say, there there are positives to take out from it. Um, do I uh, do we think that they'll stick with the formation they played midweek um, at at St Andrews, or will we revert to the four two three one? Do you think? Uh, it's a good question. I think uh, may well stick with with what uh, they uh, they did at Millwall. Um, I think it worked quite nicely. It gave them some sort of good balance down the flanks. Uh, I liked uh, Baba Raman going forward. He was especially good in the first half. And uh, like I said, Gerald Ashcroft did uh, the right on, on the right hand side as well. Um, you know, clearly we shouldn't expect too much of him. He's only seventeen, I think. Um, so. Uh, I mean, he's barely played any under-23s football, uh, let alone first-team football. So, um, you know, you shouldn't expect too much from him. But, um, you know, you've obviously got Tom Holmes coming in at, uh, in central defence as well. And, and he's a he's a good, steady player. Uh, you know, nothing spectacular from him, but he certainly does the basics right. And, um, you know, if, if even, even one of, of Dili Bashiru, Swift or Jarek, uh, uh, when and uh, Puskas, obviously, if even one of them can, can bring their A game and try and, you know, create that little spark in the final third and get the goal, um, then, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be going into the international break in a lot more um, positive mood. So, um, yes, I know it's all it's all lifts and butts at the moment, but um, I think, say, that there are some encouraging signs from um, Tuesday night. Uh, and, like, and like we said, against, against Bournemouth as well, there, there were some, some good signs. And, uh, you know, I actually spoke to a few people connected with Bournemouth sort of in the following days from that game and they said that you know Reading were one of the best sides they've played this uh, this season so far so you know that just shows how, how much uh, how well they did do uh, unfortunately obviously they didn't get the result but um you know you know perhaps we're being a bit too harsh on them uh, at times you know it's a, it's a very stretched squad right now um we all know that the injuries have absolutely decimated the the options available to to Velko Panovic and uh, the ones that are Playing right now, um, 
making a good fist of it, but uh, unfortunately falling short. But uh, you know, it's it's not through lack of trying. Um, it's just to, through to various other factors um, kind of outside of their control, really. Yeah, absolutely. And the the first eleven, I don't think, is ever really the quality of them has never really been in question. It's just well, maybe maybe individuals here and there naming no names, but as a as a squad, um, it's never really been in question. And and that they are good enough on their day to turn over a team like Fulham is is evident of that. Obviously, we had a few more players at that point, but not many more. Um, and that comes something that Paunovic mentioned. I think it was after Bournemouth where he, he kind of was was a little bit annoyed at the fan reaction to, to well, the squad and, and the way they played. He, he wasn't particularly happy that they didn't just have the full backing of the fans given um, everything that's going on behind the scenes. Is that fair? Um, it's a slightly weird one. I'm not actually sure whether it was directed at the fans or the media or just... As like people in general, um, yeah, it kind of came at the end of the press conference. I asked him about uh, you know, whether the uh, first goal, yeah, first goal from um, Talanki, whether that was down to you know that was down to zonal marking. Um, clearly, it was because uh, Cahill was that got the free header at the back post, uh, and then it just kind of slightly went off on one in terms of you know needing a bit more respect and everything. And, um, <laughs> I'd say I don't know whether it was the media or fans or, or someone else he, he was aiming that at. Um, but, uh, you know, I think you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion and uh, clearly frustrations are, have been boiling over at times recently uh, and probably for good reason because, you know, players are, are, are not performing to, to their potential. Some of them uh, obviously missing the chances and they're not getting the results. And, um, and they're slowly sliding down the league, so uh, it's, it's quite a you know worrying time, and, and you can understand the the frustrations of, of supporters. And, you know, ninety nine percent of fans out there, I'm sure, you know, are backing their backing the team. Um, that's what you do as a fan, isn't it? You, you back them through thick and thin, um, and uh, especially when times are, aren't uh, going too well for you, that that's when everyone needs to pull together, and um, you know the fans do appreciate the the players and, and the effort that they are putting in it's they're just you know, frustrated that um you know having had the highs of, of that mid-september run um four, five 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 wins in six i think it was um we're, we're kind of back to square one so um yeah it's unfortunate but it's it's, it's not uh, um uh unpredictable the the way that the fans have reacted i think in, in the past few weeks and and probably media as well Jen generally don't think I've been too negative but perhaps I have and maybe he doesn't like doesn't like that yeah well and and when you write something you never really know how someone's going to take it even if you've you know hoped that it will be taken one way yeah. if, if you read it in the wrong mood it could be taken in completely a different way I guess and that's yeah that's a problem with social media and a problem with 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 uh you know traditional media I guess yeah um yeah. and uh, one one question about Birmingham uh you mentioned Tyrrell Ashcroft um, there, uh, do we expect him to start this weekend? Because I, I guess most of the first eleven is pretty much set in stone. He's the one that there might be question marks over. Um, well, whether to keep playing him. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the perhaps if it was a Wednesday night game, then uh, there would have been a short turnaround, and and perhaps he might not have been thrown in on Saturday. But I think because they're, they're uh, Obviously, had kind of the extra day, if you like. Um, 
and uh, you know you show plenty of promise I, you know there's not there's not really too many other ways that uh Panovic or Mitrovic or whoever decides the the, the team obviously will be Panovic but um how they can line up so um I, I think you know he, he did well um and I think having having kind of Holmes not kind of sort of directly behind him but sort of behind him enough to to give him that sort of experience and, and um knowledge about sort of what to do and where to be positionally, uh, that obviously helps him. And um, you know, playing that right wing back, he means he's he's not sort of um, he's got a bit more license to go forward a, a bit more. And you know, you have to rely on him uh, sort of you know 100% defensively to, to to make all his challenges because you have got some of the centre backs covering. So um, yeah, I think I probably would expect to see him start. Um, clearly, he's a bit of an unknown quantity as well, so it's the Birmingham. I won't know too much about him and. Uh, never know that that could work in, in Reading's favour and uh, you know like I said earlier he's some really nice crosses on, on on Tuesday night and I think that's you know something that uh, you know Reading have perhaps been a bit lacking a bit uh, that quality into the box and uh, yeah maybe he, he's the answer. Yeah interesting yeah. what you said there about um, kind of having cover because I feel like Panovic um, did something very similar when Ethan Bristow was in the team when we didn't really have a proper left back um, he played I can't remember if he played a back three or it, he kind of played Bristow half on the wing and half at wing back. And but yeah. I, I think it does show Panovic's kind of reluctance sometimes to just throw these guys straight in to the deep end, if if you want, um, not playing them as proper fullbacks, but as you say, giving them that extra cover and and I guess trying to set them up to succeed, which I mean, he's obviously been criticised, I guess, about his youth record this year. But when he does put youth players in, it does feel like he he thinks about how to utilise them and, and get the best out of them. And that's something positive to see, obviously. Um, there's been some, well, I'm not sure if it's an update on the, the points deduction front, but obviously we, we've heard more that it might be a nine-point deduction with three suspended now. Um, obviously, that is more than many were expecting um a, a few weeks ago it, it sounded more like it would be a six point deduction um i guess the players and maybe even the manager won't be thinking about it too much it, is it something that we as fans really need to worry about uh, do you think that we'll pick up enough points to steer clear obviously at the minute it would put us into the bottom three yeah i i, well, I, mean, I kind of think for everyone's sake it, it'll be good if, it, if it's obviously clarified sooner rather than later um I, th I think that um, I think it's certainly in the back of players' minds and, and probably the, the coaching staff as well um, because they know it's coming. Uh, you know, I think yeah, anything between six and nine points, I think, and you know that clearly that that's going to affect their chances this season of uh, of doing well um, in terms of if they'll pick up enough points to survive. I, I think they will, um, even with the points deduction. I think you know, that that makes it a lot. More difficult and um uh like i think your colleague paul said uh, i think survival is, is probably going to be the main aim this season um i you can't really um jazz it up any other way that's that's what it is and i know panovic talked about uh top six um earlier this week but i think you know realistically um you know with, with this points deduction coming uh it's going to be about survival and i think even if they didn't know the points deduction um they're probably only going to be looking at sort of mid-table at best so um i mean yes it is a worry you, you know it's uh i say it's just the uncertainty of not knowing when it's gonna happen i think that's the, that's the issue really uh once it uh is 
um, slapped on Reading, if you like, then uh, hopefully kind of that's maybe the beginning of the end in terms of punishments from the EFL. But clearly you've got the transfer embargo as well. So um, I think that's going to be running into January. So, um, yeah, there's a there's a lot of sort of difficult things to um, navigate over the next few months. But, um, I mean, yes, the, you know, fans can worry about it, but I guess the, the, all they can do is, is turn up in numbers at, on uh, on a match day. Get behind the get behind the team and hopefully um, spur them on to some positive results. And, uh, we'll see where it takes them. Yeah, Paul got a bit of stick for saying that we were sh- or should be st- like focusing on steering away from relegation. But with the team and the way it is and that incoming points deduction, I, I think it's unrealistic really to expect anything else. Um, and, and and that doesn't necessarily mean to say that that has to be the end goal, I guess. But the in the short term definitely does have to be the main focus uh, at least in my mind and as you say Paul's mind and, and others um with with the situation in the club as it is with Panovic out through covid obviously um so many players missing um and everything else is it more about just getting through this game against Birmingham trying to pick up a point would be good given the current run and then resetting in the international break the week after more than it might be about going to try and go all out and win the game, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, expectations are pretty low, I think, right right now. So uh, if they can get a point, that, that would certainly be uh, a successful return. Um, you know, whether they're going to national break on the back of four defeats in a row or five defeats in a row probably won't actually matter too much. It's certainly that international break's really just about getting some players back, um, ideally, and, uh, you know, refreshing, regrouping, et cetera, and, and, and getting going after the uh, international break, I think, is away at Forest. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's just about sort of getting through this game, I think, hopefully, as, as unscathed as possible. And um, if they can somehow nick a result, then great. Uh, I say expectations are low, so perhaps that, that might do them uh, a favour. Um, just having that, that freedom of, of just going all out, giving it a go. Um, but I guess you don't want to give you don't want to give it a go too much because they might push themselves too much and pick up injuries. So um, yeah, I, I think um, yeah, a point would be a, a very decent return. I think. Yeah, and especially yeah. given that Birmingham have gone into this match on the back of three wins, um, it's, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, and what is your score prediction? You, how confident are you? Um, sadly, on this occasion, I, I know I said that they beat Bournemouth and they could have done actually. Um, but I think realistically, um, I mean, I'm probably going to go for a, a 2 0 defeat, I'm afraid. Um, oh, as I much as I'd like to say they might nick a one or draw, but I think it's going to be 2 0 um, home win for Birmingham. Yeah, I don't think you're the only one. I think that's the uh score line that a lot of uh, I think Alex and Matt Lansley went with in, in the post match from. From Millwall, so I, I I'm going to be a bit more hopeful because I'm travelling up and I'd like to not see a loss. So uh, yeah, uh, it could definitely be the day where we we get a one nil smash and grab. Um, that's what I'm holding on to in my heart. Um, I'm not sure that I completely believe it, but you got to go into these games with optimism. I say that every week. So um, they've had a, they've had a couple of good results at Birmingham in the last few years. So um, it's quite a happy hunting ground for them. So yeah, you never know. Yeah, it could it could go anyway, can it? And uh, may, maybe this is the week that Puskas gets his first goal. Maybe, maybe, 
Maybe. That's what I'm saying, one, maybe. 1-0 win, George Puskas winner. Everyone will be happier. Everyone. Um, I'm not sure it will happen. That, that, that we, can, we can dissect that in the post-match pod. Um, well, <laughs> thanks very much, uh, Jonathan. Uh, we'll see you again after the international break, I'm sure. Um, up next is Tom from the Blues Focus podcast. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I am here with the Blues Focus podcast. How are you doing, mate? I'm very good, thank you. How are you yourself, mate? Yeah, not too bad. I mean, you were just saying last time we spoke, um, things were so different. Uh, I think, I think <laughs> it was literally the day you were hiring. Um, oh God, everything's got out of my mind already. Uh, it normally takes at least a couple of questions for me to forget everything. But uh, yeah, Bowie's debut. Yeah, Bowie's yeah, debut. Yeah, yeah. Um, this season, uh, it's, it's going a little bit better for you, solidly mid-table. Um, how, how's he doing and how's your season been? Um, it's, it's been a roller coaster, that's for sure. Um, I think, to be honest, we could be higher than we are, um, but I'm very happy with sort of where we are at the moment. Um, four games ago, it was a very dismal run of form. Um, you know, no goal in seven, no win in six. Uh, no, no win in six, no goal in seven. There you go. Um, and it was just awful. It was really awful. Um, and then uh, it was sort of like, is it ever going to turn around? Is this just going to be the demise of Bowyer? But it's not like we weren't playing good football because we really, really were. We were creating some brilliant chances, um, defending relatively well. Um we just couldn't hit the back of the net at all. And then now it's three wins in our last four, four clean sheets in our last four. And uh, we've scored, I think it's uh, like nine or eight in our last three games. So uh, all of a sudden it's just clicked. Um, we finally started getting a bit of luck. And obviously yesterday we beat Bristol City 3-0. So, um, yeah, we're, we're on the up and it is, makes a nice change, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, what what is the the difference, I guess, in finishing? Have you have you changed strikers or is it just that, you know, people who were missing is, have started scoring? To be honest, I think um, I think we've just created a higher volume of chances um although we were creating a fair amount of chances before um i like to i sort of i sort of started calling uh, scott hogan mr one in ten at this point um because it really is like one in every 10 chances he scores no matter how easy a chance could be he'll probably still miss it um but um the goals are coming for him now at the moment which is great but Troy Deeney has been at the heart of that, to be honest. Troy Deeney is the big reason Scott Hogan is uh, back in form again. Um, because I, I never really knew Troy Deeney actually had this side to his game. But his, the Premier League calibre is so clear, it's unbelievable. Um, but he just passes the ball so well and he's such a good striker to play off. 
especially if you are sort of that pacey in behind striker. He can be that target man that holds up the ball for you and can pick a pass out of nothing. And uh, Dean has just brought the best out of Hogan, and that's where a lot of the goals are coming from. Um, but also, we, we're good with set pieces anyway, and we've got a lot of big players in the squad. Um, and some of the midfielders are starting to step up now with a few goals in the team too. So, um, yeah, I think it is just a higher volume of chances. Um, but uh, we're finally just starting to get that little bit of a clinical edge. But I think uh, a lot of it was just down to rubber the green, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, there's so much variance in football that sometimes things do just go against you, right? Um, but speaking of Troy Deeney, he obviously was one of the kind of big transfers, although Birmingham City transfers seem to have been fairly decent. Um, you say he's been good. Like, um, he's obviously been in and out of the side a little bit. Um, yeah. what's, his, what's his fitness like? And presumably now he's going to stay in the team, is he? Yes, definitely. He's finally sort of started to hit match fitness. It's not quite completely there. So that's why he does seem to get subbed off. Um, like the 60, 70th minute, something like that. Um, he, he does seem to be playing more minutes every game he starts now. Um, but he's starting because he's just fantastic. Um, you know, he's he's made the name for himself. He has for a reason. He could probably still play in the Premier League now, to be honest. Um, he's not an out-and-out goal scorer um, like he has been before. Um but he just plays everybody into the game so well. Um, he really, really holds us together. He's like a glue, in a sense, for the team. But he's also started wearing the armband recently as well. So um, he's bringing his captaincy skills into the side. Um, and it's just clicked. It's just clicked. And his partnership with Hogan is probably the key, really. They did take some time to gel and he was in and out. Um, but he's definitely asserted his place in there now. With you know the last three games have been man of the match worthy performances to be honest, but everyone's been playing so well you just can't pick one. Um, so yeah, I think um, Deeney and Hogan will probably be the regular strike force for the rest of the season if there's no injuries. Um, but we've still got such a good threat on the bench in uh, Djukovic and Anike, um, two very obviously very big strikers. Um, but Anike is a lot more mobile than Juki, but Juki is probably more clinical than Anike. So, uh, yeah, you, there's there's a lot of options in the side, but Deeney and Hogan just click the best at the moment. And you kind of said um, earlier that you, you could be higher in the table. Um, at the minute, I think you're 13th. Um, obviously, you mentioned the kind of ups and downs of your season so far. I mean, you beat Luton 5-0 and then you know, went on that sort of terrible run. Where do you think you'll finish? Do you think you have enough to push into the top 10 or or are you just kind of content with where you are now? Well, um, I, I'm, I'm happy with where we are, to be honest, but um, I do think we could push higher. However, injuries are starting to take its toll on this side now. You know, Maxine Collins injured. He won't be back for a little while. Um, Christian Pedersen, he's injured. Um, Jordan Graham and Dion Sanderson both picked up a knock um, yesterday and so did Scott Hogan but I reckon at least two of those will be back um, Graham might be back Scott will probably be back uh, Dion Sanderson though is looking a doubt which is a real shame because he's been a fantastic defender for us since he's uh, been starting do have the likes of Harley Dean on the bench um, who did come on last night at half time and was okay 
um, but still a tiny bit shaky. So I, I don't know. I'm not completely confident in that one. However, we just are being smacked with injuries at the moment. And uh, Riley McGree, he's going, uh, he's going back to Charlotte in January, uh, which is his parent club. They're a brand new formed MLS club. Um, that's why McGree's been with us for the last year and a half. Um, just loaned to us to keep fitness and stuff. Um, but now he's become one of the most important parts of the team and we have to let him go in January and Charlotte don't seem, um, they don't seem like they're going to budge on this one either, um, whether it was a permanent offer or a loan for the rest of the season. They see him as a very important part of their new self. So uh, it's unfortunate, but we just have to replace him. And then today it's come out, obviously, to Heath Chong, probably one of our players of the season so far has uh, had to go back to Man United now um, because of a, so such a silly injury. Um, but he literally, um, it, they weren't even playing in training or anything. It was nothing in particular, nothing was going on. He just played a five-yard pass um, back, into, back onto the field of play um, and he's pulled his groin and now he's out for five months. So he's gone back to Man United for his rehab. That is a huge loss for us because Tahiti Chong has literally been one of the key men so far this season. Um, so I feel like the big missing point will be a number 10 come January. But at the moment, um, we're just sort of fitting people in where we can, particularly in those wing-back slots. But uh, Bella and Graham have been excellent, to be fair, um, especially yesterday as well. So hopefully Graham's fit, but he should be. Um but yeah, we, we do have some options, but we are starting to have to dip in the youth academy now. So January could be big for us. Yeah, it sounds like you've almost got as many injuries as we do. Although uh, <laughs> uh, last count, I, it was like the whole the whole first team are out injured for Reading. So Jesus. <laughs> may, maybe not quite that many. Um, let's turn our attention to the actual match um, and, and Birmingham's play style. Um, you're not one that kind of, horde possession or anything are you you are very much a a, a counter-attacking team yes 100 percent. however it's quite weird to be honest because it doesn't we we feel like we're on the ball a lot this is the thing we do feel like we're on the ball a lot um and i think that's just down to what you remember from a football game anyway and that to me feels like we're on the front foot a lot of the game um we tend to win the ball high up the pitch um, and we will just constantly press and press and press. It's not aggressive press. Um, it's just very smart positioning and knowing when to time those runs to intercept a pass. Um, so we have been very smart defensively recently. And, that, you know, that's why we've kept uh, four clean sheets in our last four games. Um, we've got the most clean sheets in the league at the moment. Um, so, yeah, it's... Um, there's there's definitely something that's working for us defensively, that's for sure. Um, but it's going to be a shame probably missing Dion Sanderson on Saturday, but hopefully not. But I'm not keeping my hopes up. Um, so, yeah, but it does just feel... It's not like we don't create a lot of chances either. Because um, despite probably having like 25% possession every single game, we tend to create more chances um, than the side we play against. So um, we use the ball very well. Um, that's that's the main thing to take from it. Oh, well, you you can say that about Reading sometimes as well. Uh, it just depends <laughs> on uh, whether the shot, the one shot we have per match, goes in. Which 
Occasionally it does, and then quite a nice, <laughs> nice day out. Um, I'm sure Lilovic will score a hat-trick. I, I wouldn't swear, if he's back from injury, that is. Well, that's the thing. He's, he's been posting pictures in the gym saying he's back soon, but whether he'll be back for Saturday, I'm not sure. I hope not. I really hope not. We could do with him, to be honest, because, <laughs> as I say, the squad is threadbare. Um, yeah, well, for you... Um, so you you say Dion Sanderson's going to be out. Obviously, there's uh, a few other a, a few other injury doubts. Is there anyone that you would like to see get a chance? Um, you know, maybe a youngster or or something uh, that could play this weekend. Um, interesting question. To be fair, um, I mean, we do have a youngster. I think he's just coming back from injury now. Actually, uh, Marcel Oakley. Uh, right wing back. Uh, there's a there's potential of seeing him if Jordan Graham isn't fit for the game. Um, and then you've also got um, oh, I'm trying to remember his name now. I feel like it's Jordan. It's Jordan James or Jordan Justin. I think it's Jordan James. Um, he made his debut yesterday, uh, coming from the academy. Sort of a winger slash attacking midfielder. Um, so we might see a bit more of him on Saturday, I imagine, to be honest, um, after making his first uh, debut yesterday uh, off the bench. But there was promising signs from him um, and he does seem to be doing well at youth level. I think he's only 18 years old. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed that he's a promising prospect because we need more attacking midfielders with uh, one we've just lost and one we're going to lose. So, um, yeah, there's there's definitely um, some youngsters in the squad that could play, um, but I, I don't think we'll see any of them start. No, but it's, it's always nice to see Academy prospects. Yeah, Oscar, definitely. Isn't it? And, uh, oh, it just, just makes me miss the days of Michael Elise at, at, at the Medeski Stadium, but never <laughs> mind. He, he's, he's tearing up in the Premier League now and uh, oh, Omar Richards and Danny Loder. Oh, mate, Reading, Reading's Academy was so good. Um, what happened to Danny Loder, by the way? Uh, he's uh, He went to Porto. And he normally plays for their B team, and he had uh, his debut for the A team this week, and actually scored. So, oh wow, that's fantastic! He, he's he, he's a career mode legend for me, by the way. I'm just throwing that out there on FIFA. Oh, he's, cool. he was, uh, I, I had a Port Vale career mode, and I did the full 15 seasons. Uh, won the Premier League, never won the Champions League, only ever got to the semis. But Danny Loder was like my best striker. So there you go, fun fact. Well, I think I think the people <laughs> at Porto really like him. So hopefully he'll get time there. I mean, he's not in the team for the Champions League, so he's still got some way to go. But a, a decent debut nonetheless. Definitely, um, yeah. Is Richard but, uh, all right at Bayern Munich, by the way? Yeah, right? so he actually did play in the Champions League yesterday. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and I just as a second half sub, but I think he got like half an hour because Alfonso Davies is a little bit um, in and out of the team. So, yeah, I mean, it's Fair play. <laughs> it, they they've both gone and done well. All three of those and Elise as well have gone and made pretty decent, you know, steps up. So, if nothing else, it it does show how good Reading's academy actually is, and hopefully, hopefully, we'll have some more coming through. But um, Oh, let's not get into the the politics of of Reading's academy at the minute. We had to let a whole age group go, and and it might be a little bit of time till the next next guys are ready to step the up. The next but... golden generation, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And we've we've had a few false dawns before as well. So you you never really know, do you? In, until they're actually there. That's true. I mean, you've had quite a few players that you've let go and have actually gone on to do well. 
to be fair. Um, I mean, I remember we got Steve Seddon uh, from your academy. Um, he did all right for us at first team level. Uh, in the end, just couldn't quite break in past the competition he had in the squad. But he's now gone to Oxford and he's scoring every like two or three weeks. So, uh, yeah, and he's only a left back. <laughs> well, I mean, Oxford United are basically Reading B. Like the amount of yes. old Reading players that end up there and, and at Swindon, just <laughs> they kind of all move around those three clubs. Uh, I guess it's nice. Yeah, easy geography wise. Yeah, definitely. I imagine you've got a fairly similar thing in in Birmingham and out to Warsaw and, and yeah, literally. And there's quite a few. I think uh, Wes McDonald is the one that comes to mind uh, the most, to be honest. But we do send quite a few to Warsaw. Well, that's where Troy Deeney obviously yeah started his career, isn't it? Well, so. Warsaw and Burton Albion tend to be a few that we send players to, to be honest. Yeah, but Burton Albion don't have quite the rivalry with you like they do with Derby or, or Forest, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, right. Anyway, one final question for you, and that is, uh, what do you think the score is going to be? Um, uh, my gut feeling says one-one. Um, I feel like on paper you look at it and think, "Oh, Blue should piss this." Um, realistically. Because um, we are in very good form, Reading is sort of on and off. Um, you've just had the points deduction news. I remember when we got the points deduction news, we went on a six-game losing run. So I don't wish that upon you, um, but who knows? You can never really predict it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just feel like you're going to get something out of the game. I feel like we might be the better side on the day, Um but our luck will probably run out at some point, but a point wouldn't be awful. Um, I, I'd like to say, oh, yeah, another 3-0 or another 2-0, um, but I don't want to get too carried away because I've, I've seen how inconsistent this team can be and um, that, that still plays on the back of my mind. And I have been very positive with my predictions recently. I probably predicted us to win our last three that we've actually won. So, um, yeah, no, uh, I, I, I just got this feeling. It's just one of those. Uh, I feel like it could be a 1-1. Um, but if any, if either team was going to win it, I would back Blues, to be honest, on the day to uh, grab the three points. Uh, but we'll see. What about yourself? <laughs> yeah, I mean, every every opposition fan keeps coming on here and predicting draws. And to be honest, most of the time, I'd, I'd absolutely snap your hand off for a draw, particularly this time. Apparently, we haven't lost five in a row since... 1998 or something so um, yeah I, i'm gonna go into it with some positivity i think i think much like uh you you were saying about your bad run i don't necessarily think we've been terrible in, in this run um i'd take a one one i'm gonna predict one nil reading yeah I, we'll have one of those away games oh, where we score early <laughs> and and sit back like, yeah you've gotta you've gotta have hope which is exactly what i was yeah, saying last week before we got you. hammered <laughs> yeah. I remember last season when um, I, I had you on over on our channel. You predicted three nil Reading, um, and yeah. then we went two one. And Lee Bowyer had only been in the job for a day, less than a day, in fact, um, and we hadn't won in like months. So it was one of the the days where I was not particularly happy after the match. To be honest, I, I can imagine. To be fair. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, let's not rehash last season. It, it was fun for the <laughs> beginning, but towards the end, it kind of it dipped a little bit. Phased out, yeah. Yeah. Well, Tom, uh, thanks very much for coming on. Um, good luck for the rest of the season. And who, who knows what Birmingham could end up doing. I, I hope to see you pushing towards the top half of that, that table.
Thank you very much. Hopefully we can. I mean, if we do win on Saturday, then I do believe we're, we're currently two points off fifth. So um, who knows? Who knows where we could end up after Saturday? Um, I'll, I'll be hoping, of course. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'd probably take a point, to be honest. I just want to keep this run going, uh, unbeaten run. So we'll see. Uh, I think somebody's at the door. That's probably my pudding. Uh, so I apologise for the dog and the doorbell. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's an excellent place to leave it. Thanks very much, Tom. <laughs>